the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. You know, look, I, I, I know that, that what you're doing comes from a very good place, and I, and I know that in part just because I know you, but also you've really, over the years, pointed out the policy flaws that I think have left so many black Americans disenfranchised. This new movie, and by the way, I say new, this is actually a sequel to the Sorry. uncle, the original Uncle Tom that you wrote, but this is the second one, and you get into some of these things. I mean, people ought to know there was a lot of success, was there not, within the African-American community long before the war on poverty in the 1960s, in my estimation, really destroyed so much of it. Absolutely. And by the way, it's a collaborative effort, both these films. Uh, The director is Justin Malone. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, It was scored by an amazing composer named Damon Criswell and co-written by the star Chadwell Jackson, uh, a guy named Ryder Ansel and myself. So it's a collaborative effort. But you're absolutely right about the success of Black America. The first one talks about uh, post-slavery. When you're talking about an environment with the Klan, lynchings, Jim Crow, still black people kept moving forward. Why? Uh, Basically four reasons. Reliance on family. Uh, Even during slavery, a black child was more likely to be born under a roof with his biological mother and biological father than today. Uh, Reliance on American values. You look at speeches by people like Frederick Douglass, and they're replete with references to uh, patriotism and to American values, even though obviously uh, America was not living up to those values when it came to to black Americans. Entrepreneurship. Booker T. Washington, who was born a slave, wrote a book called Up From Slavery in 1901, Trish. That's just 36 years after slavery. And you read the book, he's more optimistic about the future of black America uh, than people like Ibram X. Kendi, the anti-racist, and Black Lives Matter are today. And of course, Judeo-Christian values, a belief in hard work, a belief that God does not give you a burden that you cannot fulfill. All of that propelled black people forward. In 1940, before all the civil rights legislation, mostly before a Brown versus Board of Education, 87% of blacks lived below the federally defined level of poverty. 20 years later, uh, by 1960, that number had fallen to 47%. That's a 40-point drop in 20 years, the greatest 20-year period of economic expansion in the history of black America. Why? Reliance on family. In some instances, a black kid was more likely to be born uh, to a mother and father married to each other than a white kid. Uh, And again, reliance on American values, reliance on entrepreneurship, and reliance on God. You fast forward, and this is where Uncle Tom, too, comes in. You have an organization like Black Lives Matter, whose co-founders are self-admitted trained Marxists. Marx was an atheist who wanted to dethrone God. And on their website, they talked about the the phony construct of what they called the nuclear intact family. Uh, And of course, Karl Marx was opposed to private ownership of property, therefore opposed to entrepreneurship. And Black Lives Matter is anything but hostile to America and believes America is systemically racist. So you have- Somehow things went really, really off course. 
I mean, I, the cynic in me says it's about power. It's about politics and, you know, self-interest, right? I mean, you look at, you look at Black Lives Matter, and by the way, the financial success, right, of those people that are running it. Uh, and right. that tells you, tells you quite a bit. For, for some reason, I think there's been this attraction to if we have big government and we have politicians in place that push that idea of big government, you keep people down. They're not able, frankly, to, to succeed enough themselves. And there's kind of a, a perverted undertone, in my estimation, to all of it, Larry. Your take. Agreed. And it's about power. Uh, it's about telling black people that you are systemically uh, victims, uh, that white people are systemically oppressors. And by the way, we Democrats are the party of social justice and pull that lever for us. The civil rights movement have gone from a righteous movement uh, for equal rights into a non-righteous movement uh, for equal results and all sorts of other things that have nothing whatever to do uh, with civil rights, whether it's abortion, whether it's critical race theory, whether it's demand for reparations. Uh, the civil rights movement has been co-opted, if not kidnapped, by a collection of Marxist, collectivist, income redistributionists that are hurting the black community. Larry, when you look at the numbers that we recently got on the education front, and we learned that American students fell so significantly behind during those lockdowns and shutdowns and schools uh, that, that weren't in action. What we also learned was that so many students in very poor areas, minority areas, areas that were run by Democrats, they fared much worse than the rest of the country. Is there a takeaway there that people should remember? Absolutely. Uh, and again, uh, you look at a place like Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is where Freddie Gray died in police custody a few years ago. Uh, the number one uh, and number two people running the police department were black. The people who are in charge of both the county and the city public schools were black. Uh, the mayor, black. Uh, six of the officers, three of the six officers who were charged were black. The state attorney who blocked the charges against the officers was black. A judge before whom two of the officers tried their cases was black. By the way, he found them not guilty. City council, all Democrats, majority black. Uh, the U.S. attorney at the time, Loretta Lynch, was black. The president uh, at the time was black, Barack Obama. And we're talking about systemic racism. Uh, I'm reminded of that joke that Wanda Sykes once said. How are you going to complain about the man when you are the man? Uh, and you're finding this over and over again. And in Baltimore, 13, I'm not making this up, Trish, 13 public high schools in Baltimore in, in the inner city, 0% of the kids are math proficient. And another half a dozen where only 1% of the kids are math proficient. That's almost half of all the public high schools in Baltimore where either 0% of the kids are math proficient or only 1% are. This is absolutely horrific. Horrific. And we're spending more and more money. It's not the money. Uh, we're spending more money than ever before. K through 12. America spends more money than I think any of the other industrial countries other than Luxembourg uh, and Switzerland. Outside of that, we're, we're, um, we're outspending everybody else and our results are near the bottom. And those who are suffering the most, as you pointed out, from the COVID lockdown are the very black and brown people, the people on the left claim that they care about. Yeah, no, I mean, they were the people that really, frankly, were, were hurt far worse, I think, than than anyone else. And, and the policies really destroyed so many of those communities, frankly, for generations to come, because we don't know what's going to happen to these kids that fell so far behind. You know, let me ask you, I was talking to a guy the other day with like a zillion degrees from Harvard, right? PhDs, medical degrees, an MBA. I mean, like you could not have more degrees from Harvard than this gentleman did. Um, he grew up in Nigeria. And he said to me something that, that just struck me. He said, you know, the smartest black kids at Harvard... <laughs> We're all from Nigeria. <laughs> he was making the point that the American school system was just so bad. He found it really appalling. And he said it was sort of, you know, he came from nothing. 
I guess there was maybe a, a better infrastructure in terms of school. I don't know. I mean, maybe more family values. Is there a lesson that Americans can learn from other communities around the world when it, you know, it comes to making sure that we are producing successful citizens? Absolutely. It also shows you that it's a lie that the uh, SAT is culturally biased. Uh, and uh, look at Asian Americans uh, in our in our own country. They they also provide uh, an example of what happens when you embrace hard work and you embrace embrace education. And regarding Nigerian Americans, their uh, net worth per capita is higher than the net worth per capita of, of white Americans. And so so much for this notion that America is systemically racist. It's about hard work. It's about embracing the values of hard work. You get out of life what you put into it. Uh, and the formula to leave poverty to get to the middle class. Uh, is pretty easy. The steps are pretty easy, if not complicated to implement. And you have think tanks on the left, like the Brookings Institution, and think tanks on the right, conservative, like the American Enterprise Institute, and they say the same thing. The first step is to finish high school, one presumably where you can read, write, and compute at grade level, which is why I support school choice. Secondly, don't have a kid before you're 20 years old. Third, get married before you have that kid. Number four, get a job, keep that job, don't quit that job till you get another job, even if it's a minimum wage job. And finally, avoid the criminal justice system. You do those things, you will not be poor. You don't, there's a good chance you will be. Yeah, we're, we're talking to Larry Elder, uh, a wonderful gentleman I've known many, many years. You, you all probably know him because he ran for governor of California. We wish you had gotten that one. California wish you had gotten that one. Anyway, Larry is out with a brand new movie. You can download it right now, UncleTom.com, UncleTom.com. There's a reason you chose that name, isn't there? Well, because uh, one of the things, the themes in both of the movies is that people like myself uh, who, t who bring the truth, who talk about hard work, who don't sit around whining about how oppressed we are, uh, are derided as Uncle Tom's, as was Booker T. Washington. You know, the, the brilliance of the left is not only uh, have they convinced women to marry the government, uh, and men to abandon their financial and moral responsibility through the welfare state. But anybody who calls them out is now the bad guy. I'm an Uncle Tom. I'm the black face of white supremacy. Uh, I'm, I'm a bootlicker. I'm, I'm a coconut. I'm an Oreo. That's how successful they are. Uh, they convince you that you're a victim. Somebody who's black comes along and says you're not a victim, and, I'll, and, and I'm sinister. I'm the bad guy. That's how masterful the left's indoctrination uh, has been of, of black America. Well, Larry, keep doing what you're doing. I think it's so important. Self-empowerment, that's the key, by the way. That's the key to everything. You tell a child they can't succeed, they assume they can't. If you tell them you got all the ability in the world, it's up to you. Well, you know, maybe it puts a little more pressure on them, but it allows them to dream. It allows them to move forward, and that's our country to move forward. Absolutely. One of the uh, people in our film is a pastor named Vody Bakum. And he talks about the fact that people in Haiti, as we speak, are lining up just for a chance, just for a chance to get into America, uh, an America that black Americans consider to be systemically racist. He said there's no other country a black person would rather be unless the black person is born and raised in America. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.